Hey everybody, we are Martin, Robert, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. Hey, welcome back everybody, this is Snakes and Otters, I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So, welcome to episode 50. Big 5-0! Or as we would say... Yeah, episode 50, because that <laughs> doggone Loch Ness Monster uh, won my tree 50. We always got to work in it. You got to get the South Park reference in. That's right. I can't believe that we've made 50 episodes, or this is the 50th. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's awesome. I, I, you know, very passionate thing um, for all three of us. Um, yeah, we should you know. actually salute you, Robert, with a toast. Because I mean, excuse me, Martin, because you're the one that not that Robert doesn't deserve a toast, of course, but Martin's the one that put this all together. We actually, this was all just one of these days we ought to do that. Until Martin said, "No, by gosh, we're going to draw the line yep. in the sand, Jean-Luc <laughs> Picard, this far and no farther." And yeah, we're, we're, we're going to we're going to get it. We're going to uh, Larry the Cable Guy this, and we're going to get her done. Absolutely, and so we did. So, uh, so we did. I'm, uh, I'm raising my glass of bourbon. Uh, 1792, I've got neat for me today. Larceny. Uh, Devil's cut. Oh, very Devil's good. cut. So, so uh, yeah, uh, Robert and us. Happy 50th anniversary to Martin and to all of us. Yeah. Yes. But Robert and I sketched this out once, I think, in a grocery store. Uh, well, he was we, tag- we had just left lunch. The three of us had gotten together at the Kroger's over by uh, over near into town. Yep. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. Um, we we went to this little Chinese place that was next door to the Kroger's, and it was pretty good. Um, and we were talking about it, and I had just gotten a microphone for a podcasting project that I wanted to start, which I've yet to get off the ground, and had mentioned it to Martin, and he got all excited. Uh, you can see the little lights dancing in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we yeah we we sketched out the whole thing. Uh, said all right, let's let's get. Uh, let's get Francis involved here, and we sketched it all out. Walking around, I think I was, I think I was running the errand for the groceries myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. By the time and we were done, we had it pretty well laid out. I mean, yeah, we, it wasn't obviously to the detail that we have established today, but yeah, that kind of evolved over time. We didn't really know when we first began how this was going to look. We didn't think weekly was sustainable at first. We didn't even consider it, and then we got into it and did it. You know, what's this month? What's a once a month stuff? We can do better than that. Well, we and weren't even doing once a month at first. Exactly. You know, the first few episodes, if you look at the production dates, you know, they're months apart, and then we kind of got, let's do once a month, and then we said, you know, we can do better than this. And now we here we are, you know, sustainable now uh, for uh, once a week, actually uh, the first weekend in June, uh, which is yes. uh, at the time we record this, that will be our two-year anniversary, uh, uh, one-year anniversary, excuse me, of, yes, recording, of recording weekly. For weekly That's recording, kind of, uh, yeah. Kind of a cool uh, yeah. conception date was one thing, but birth date eh, I'm kind of inclined to go with the uh, the June uh, 2019 date for that. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll mention for the listeners' benefit, it, it became a very passionate project for me, but I'm very fortunate. Somehow the passion has spread, and it, perhaps that's not the right phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. Um, but you guys have picked that up, and now it has become a very passionate uh, project for the two of you as well. Yeah, we've discovered this really only works when all three of us are there. 
and, yeah. and everybody's got a piece. Um, you know, we're all involved in the productions. Um, Francis does graphics, and I do descriptions, and, and Robert's always there uh, as the hammer, uh, <laughs> finishing off everything yep. uh, to our anvils. So, listeners, I hope a lot of this passion comes through for you, because it does mean a ton to us, and, um, you know, it, hopefully side hustles like this start to come in uh, with renumerary gains, but even if they don't, <laughs> the the spiritual gain um, is important. Indeed. It is meant... They can go together, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, sh- you should be able to. every now and then, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, sponsors, potential sponsors out there, we hope you hear that passion in our voices. Um, we're ready to sign on the dotted line. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, so guys, this is second Friday of the month uh, for publishing date. So this means code of honor, words of okay. wisdom. So, uh, who wants to go first, Francis? Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to give it a wing? Uh, I can go. I can go first. It's not a problem. We've discovered that Robert, as the hammer, needs to go last. We've, we've yes. kind of lucked into that. That he because he has like uh, several sometimes that he can pick from, and he'll yes. take what we lay out and kind of wrap it all up together. So that that has served us well. It wasn't quite planned. But once we discovered how well it was working, we said, let's not mess with success. Don't mess so with stayed, it. So we stayed with that. Well, and i got to tell you, it has not always been um, – uh, certainly almost never has been planned. But there have been some going in because we, we, we often will talk about our, our different um, uh, quotes and phrases uh, ahead of time. And uh, I've sat there on a couple of episodes thinking, I have no freaking clue how I'm going to tie all this together. And yet we do. And yet somehow uh, it happens. I do a good yeah. job of, of uh, laying stuff out with your quotes, and, and it makes my job a little bit easier. Well, you know, fertility is what fertility is, I guess, guys. Fecundity. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, fecundity of the mind. Well, that's kind of why we, that's, that's, that's what we as snakes and otters are. We are fertile minds that bring all sorts of things into being, and that's why we're cool, and that's why you should listen to us. And I'm going to go ahead and start this one off with... Go for it. Uh, uh, I, I mentioned in our one-off uh, that you may have seen, we did a video one-off here recently, uh, while we're in this coronavirus-enforced isolation, we talked about what we're doing, and I had indicated that I was reading War and Peace, kind of as tongue-in-cheek, because that's one of those things that people say, oh, one of these days I'm going to get to this monstrous 2,000-page volume. I'm actually doing that. And I have become a aficionado, shall we say, of the writings of Leo Tolstoy as a part of that. I wasn't prepared for that. I, I knew of him, of course. I knew he would be a great... Uh, a great author, but I didn't realize just how preeminent and how damn good he really is. Even though he wrote in the Russian language, it translates very well into English and other languages as well. Because Are you was reading so the original Klingon or translation? Uh, well, no, I, I'm taking a translation. I'm doing the short version, but yes, reading the, the original Klingon should be the way I, I, I did that, but uh, I, I didn't this time. Uh, although, in fairness, I have, and I mentioned this, I think, in, my, in the last, uh, in the video podcast we did, I am watching the Russian version, the seven-hour-and-a-half version done in the 1960s of the movie. 
the movie of the play of the book. Sorry, and it's really good. It's really, I mean, it, it takes about that long to really do such an enormous work justice. But today, for quote of honor, I wanted to take a quotation from Tolstoy from War and Peace. Uh, I, I found this. I haven't gotten this far yet in the book. I mean, I'm still fairly early on, but. Uh, so you could be like 400 pages into it and still be considered fairly early on. That is exactly right. That's exactly right. I'm several hundred pages into this bad boy, and I've got a long way to go. Uh, and this quotation actually kind of reflects that. But the reason I chose it is because it reflects very much the time that we're in, this time of isolation, this time of being by ourselves, time of being home, and not out amongst a community for who knows how long. At this point, we do not know. Uh, and... You know, looking back on this years later, it will be uh, you know will be obvious at that time. But as we record this, we the unknown is very much where we are, and that's why I selected this because I think as Tolstoy, of course, was his words of wisdom are very uh, prolific and very uh, profound, as what we're going to hear here. And it's it's not a long quote, but I'll give you the full quote, uh, and it's it's from War and Peace, as I said, and the quotation is this. A man on a thousand-mile walk has to forget his goal and say to himself every morning, today I'm going to cover 25 miles and then rest up and sleep. That's my quotation, because I think it is so absolutely essential for us during this time of isolation to recognize we cannot see how long we've got to ride. We do not know the end. We cannot even begin to see it. We have to put our heads down and recognize I have to get through today yeah. and do my best for today, whatever that looks like, and then get up again and start again, knowing that each day put back to back eventually gets us somewhere. It takes us out of the dark tunnel into the light again, even though we cannot see it. And that's why I thought this quotation was particularly apropos for our situation today, and in universal life, too. There are some things that are too big for us to get our arms around. There are some goals that the human mind, even though we can conceive, we can't execute very well unless we can learn, put your faith in today and your efforts today, knowing they will bear fruit at a time yet unknown. Well, I mean, any, any great endeavor is like that because... Um, if, you're, if you can conceive your entire goal, your entire endeavor, your entire project in such a way that you can get it done uh, in one sitting, one manageable block of time, whether that be a day, a week, or an hour, um, it's probably too small. <laughs> too small to be great. Now, it's not always true because sometimes great things can come of small things, but the really big stuff you have to chunk down. Yeah. Uh, just to use an example... Um, if I want to lose the 70 pounds that I want to lose... Oh, that's good. That's real good. I can't focus on the fact that I uh, need to lose 70 pounds. I need to focus on this month I need to lose 10 pounds or 5 pounds. This week I need to lose, you know, 2 pounds, and every day that equates out to, you know, a quarter pound slightly less. Uh, because if I focus on the 70 pounds, I'll never get there. Mm -hmm. Because it's too big. It's too insurmountable. Nobody can lose 70 pounds all at once, short of surgery and lopping off a couple of limbs. Yeah, it's, it's Sisyphus. You know, you're pushing the boulder up, up the hill, um, and it's just going to roll right back down again. So you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it's 
one day at a time. It's it's 25 miles and rest and get up and do it again. Yeah, because we are not hamsters on a wheel, although it feels like it sometimes. We are actually moving each day, moves forward in linear fashion, building on the one before it, even though it seems to be the same. Ultimately, we are moving the ball down the field towards a goalpost we simply just cannot see because this is too big. And and isn't that so true for, as you mentioned when you brought this up, so true for this time where everybody is locked at home. Uh, Or not everybody, but most people... Um, short of essential workers, and uh, which are really are more than we realized when all this started. But so many of us, the day just is. I, I said it earlier. I think on the um, on the special video episode, it's the hardest thing for me. Is everything just kind of blends together? One day starts out exactly like the last one. Mm-hmm. Really, every day seems like it should be Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> seems like you are a hamster on a wheel sometimes. And yeah, we shouldn't think that way. We have to realize, and that's what this quotation is meant to bring out: that you're not, you're better than that, no matter what, what it looks like. With, yeah, sorry. Uh, what I do with the day, and what meaning I take from it, uh, that's what makes it different. Uh, because realistically, to me, work is work. While my individual projects may change, for me, work has always been left at the office. The office is where I do most of my personal projects now. Uh, so that that's kind of blurring, but you know, for me, trying to find ways to make it a little bit different while keeping the end goal in, in mind, um, which is not the least of which is keeping my job, staying valuable enough to, yeah. to not be let go, uh, which I don't think there's a danger of that anytime soon, uh, but also to to um, to make sure that you know I, I produce not just to keep my job, but because that's what I want to do. That's what I'm good at, in my opinion. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It's a sacred trust of you, between you and your employer. That's part of it. But, you know, you are fulfilled by it, and they are fulfilled by it. And that's what I'm hoping that uh, most, because, like you say, the three of us are in positions where we don't fear for our jobs, uh, but we recognize there are tons of people within the sounds of our voice that may have been experienced something very different than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I can say is I'm hoping that the powers that be, wherever they are in this world, recognize through this, there is only one true resource that they have, no matter what business they have, and that is their human resources. Uh, if those who, will, those who will survive and thrive through this are the ones who recognize this, those who do not, I suspect will not, and perhaps good riddance. Mm. Well, even the uh, ones that do could be in danger, depending on how long this goes. Yeah, that's correct. It depends Again, on the on the business a lot, but like you said, Robert, it's you know if you value yourself, you value your output, your work, mm-hmm. um, and, and so it's not. It's just we're not the type of people that oh cool we're going to work at home well good that means I'm going to go sit in a chair uh, and watch TV. No, we're we're going to be we're doing something. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to be as productive as we can be. Um, but I'm in I'm in very much kind of the position that Robert mentioned. Uh, in the in the jube that it's mostly, a, 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 or perhaps it was you, Francis, that mentioned mostly it's the being available, yeah, the troubleshooting, the the okay, I got something to fix here, that kind of thing. So um, you know, it's funny we did not listeners um, pre-production this very much, but my quote is very much inspired in the same way as Francis's quote. Oh. Great minds uh, think alike. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we were already, I don't know, 
somehow synced up or, or wavelengths work in the same way. But uh, I'm, I'm going from a little bit different source. The chairman of the board, Francis Albert Sinatra. And Are you my quote, <laughs> no, no, you couldn't ain't, do nobody wanna, to the ain't nobody want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> you'd be better off uh, listening to the Loch Ness Monster saying about 350. And, uh, but it's, it's pretty famously attributed to him, although I could not verify the circumstances uh, or, or on what context or, or whatever that he said it. But uh, it's all over the Internet. Uh, then it must be true. Yeah, yeah. Abraham Lincoln it. said so, you know. <laughs> but the uh, quote is, you got to love living, baby, because dying's a pain in the ass. And so, you know, that's what we're doing. We're, we can't look at this as dying a little bit every day. We got to look at this as living. Oh, yeah. You got to love living, even if it's on isolation, even if you got to stay home. It, it's still living, and dying's a pain in the ass. Very apropos love, for today's circumstances. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, there was a similar quote in Lonesome Dove I use a lot. It ain't dying, I'm talking about it's living. And it is so true. And, you know, we forget that at these times like that when we, you know, we can easily find ourselves sliding into that black hole of depression, which, you know, for many people that live there, medically speaking, it's already bad. This, mm -hmm. this can acerbate that in people who otherwise might not find themselves going there. It's, it's a, there's a danger. There's almost a gravitational pull towards that, uh, towards that place. And your words are very important for us to remember that, that, you know, if, once you stop living, you start dying. You know, there's, there's many quotes that go along with this. That's, we're, there's a danger there. We can still live while we live, even if we are disconnected physically from our communities, mm -hmm. whatever those communities are. Uh, and yes, virtual communities help us, like we're doing right now, uh, sustain ourselves through that. But ultimately, it's our choice on how to live. Because, yeah. as you say, dying's a bitch. <laughs> you don't need well, that. Well, you know, it's uh, uh, the same kind of thing as uh, Shawshank Redemption. Get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. Yeah, you're exactly right. There's it's so really many quotations. the same quote done two different ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Because uh, well, yeah. there's a reason it's redone in different ways over and over, and over again because it's so true. Uh, yeah. uh, life is a gift we've been given, and we really should remember that. You know, we're, we're always moving in some direction, and that's embodied by the "get busy living or get busy dying." You know, we're either uh, n nobody <clears throat> is static. Even in death, we are not static because our bodies are decomposing uh, and, until the bodies are totally decomposed and you know, there's nothing uh, left but dust and dirt uh, that's not even recognizable as the remains of a body. And when, especially when we are alive, we are not, because even if you think you are just treading water, you're not, because you are atroph atrophying mentally, if not physically. Oh, and that's good. I like that. Those that give up, the ones who are getting busy dying, the, they're the ones I think that look the most like they're not doing anything, like they are uh, just treading water. Because uh, doing nothing is the surest way to 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 that faster death, and maybe death of the soul, death of the mind, or death of the body. Uh, it just depends on on which one goes first. But 
doing nothing definitely, uh, it, you know, it leads to an atrophying of everything. Are you suggesting that this is perhaps a cautionary tale of a, of a thing to say for those people who find themselves at home doing nothing? Uh, I absolutely do. Um, you know, the, the, the politicians run these phrases out at us. Um, maybe they didn't have time to uh, uh, focus group them, and that's probably a good thing, but they run that, oh, we'll get through this, we'll get through it together. And it's like, you know what? That's just that's just kind of facile to me. It's let's go deeper, you know. And this well, quote does that for me. Uh, you know, okay, you could sit around and 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 whine, but hey, you gotta love living because dying's a pain in the ass. And, well, and it harkens back to your living. PJ quote that you did uh, in one of the early ones that we did. It's one thing to burn down the outhouse; it's another to install plumbing. Yep, it's it's a very similar theme. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's done, this is a little less mechanistic. This is not about uh, doing something, this is being, uh, to yeah. get a little bit more philosophical there. This is, you know, uh, the one is do something, this is be something. And don't stop being, uh, well, you know, don't stop are, believing. Being, doing, and having, they're all related. Um, and, and there's a philosophical argument to be made for what comes first. Being something, doing something, or having something. Uh, you know, are you the type of person that does X before you can do X? Um, you know, it's chicken or the egg kind of thing. But this whole concept of, of uh, what Martin was just talking about, that fi facile quote that politicians are throwing out there about, you know, we're going to get through this together. Um, it really is an invitation to treading water. Yep. Because ah, yeah. When you... And I'm not saying that there is not a group aspect to this, uh, to this whole situation we find ourselves in, because there most certainly is, even though we have to endure it as separately as possible. Um, but when you say we're going to get through this together, it's telling people that responsibility is 100% shared. And when responsibility, when it's 100% shared, nobody has responsibility. Exactly. No, oh, well put. That's exactly if all right. property belongs to the people, then the, nobody owns it. Exactly. It's uh, the great Walter Williams uh, quote comes to mind when you when you said that he's testifying before Congress uh, about something uh, in some committee, most likely, and uh, he's they're talking about uh, the uh, like state parks and, and the uh, resources that are owned collectively by the by the country. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. And. Uh, they say, you know, well, Dr. Williams, you know, you, you, this, you know, you, these things are held in trust for you by you own them. And he's like, no, I don't. So, well, yes, you do. You're an American citizen. You own them. It's like, really? So I own the Statue of Liberty. This is a paraphrase. I don't remember the exact example he used. Can I sell it? <laughs> no, you can't sell your share of the statue. Then I don't own it. If I can't yeah, sell I it, I don't own it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's... If I'm not held accountable, then I'm not responsible. Yep. Yes, with great power comes great responsibility. With great privilege yep. comes great responsibility. Yep. Uh, rights and responsibilities go together, as our pastor friend would tell us so very well. Uh, and it's, it is uh, a smoke and mirrors uh, shadow play uh, to try and uh, say that it's otherwise, as yep. Walter Williams yep. so eloquently showed. Yeah. Well, and it just goes with, what we talked about to open the episode. This has become our passion. 
and you have to have a passion to get through times like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. This is this is our living. We're living, um, and, and we're 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 grabbing life by the ass a little bit here, and showing some passion for something. Well, it also recognizes that life is more than your own productivity. It must be more than that. Because if all you live for is your job, shall we say, and that's, a, that's the obvious example in these times, but lots of things can be put there, then you're putting all of your uh, eggs in one basket. What do you do? Uh, and what happened to my mom in 2015 is a great example. She was still working at the age of 75. She had a stroke, a debilitating stroke. She's in a nursing home today. You cannot tell me that she is any less vital or important now that she has no means of producing anything. But and that's just how she is. Not necessarily her specifically, because that would be rude. Right. But there are some that would tell you that if, if they're not producing, you know, if you're not a producer, you're a taker. No, that, that's not entirely true either. Uh, well, that's exactly right, because that presumes that your value is based upon your means of production. Well, yes. I'm sorry, that's, that's inhumane uh, in the it's extreme. Dehumanizing. It is, it, is, it's, it is idolatry of a sort. Uh, yeah. Anything that dehumanizes is another is an idolatry of a sort, and usually the uh, what is being idolatrized is ourselves. Yeah. Right. Those who produce, of course, value only production. Yes. Uh, um, and you know the the most selfish. Now this is not always true, uh, so don't get me wrong. But right. often the most selfish, uh, the most inane, the most idiotic uh, in society tend to be those with the most. Oh, that's a that's a rabbit hole we could go down. That would be enormously fun. You could. Don't want to get personal, but you know the point is that they have defined themselves by external factors, mm-hmm. and I think that um, when you do that, it's awfully hard to be busy living. Uh, that's bring right. Back around to to Martin's quote, because part of living is is who you are and who you become, mm-hmm. and if everything is about what you have, and how you got it, uh, and whether or not uh, you know that's fair, or all of these other, that are tight, these things that are material. Right. Uh, basically, where I'm going with that, you're busy. You're busy dying because what is material passes. Always. What is eternal is what makes us live. You know who we are as people, what we do with our lives, how we serve one another, whether it's as simple as providing an entertaining podcast, or Scrubbing up, putting on a mask and gloves, and going and working in a hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two extremes. I, I'm no. not equating the two in any <laughs> way. Because none of us work in, in the healthcare field, nor do we have anybody in our uh, immediate circles that do that. Uh, and the, they're the, they are many respects. Well, my wife works at a hospital, but she's not in healthcare. Right. Yeah. It's a. It, it, there's so many things that we uh, that we do that allow us to be, and they're more than just one thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and what is it they say, a, a, a one-legged stool can't stand? Uh, that's, uh, that's in many respects what we're all talking about here is, now's the time to find joy in those other things if you yep. can't do what you were used to be doing. Yep. Otherwise, you're yeah. dying. Yep. Yeah. Mark, Bye. I love your quote. Get, uh, and granted, you know, the get busy living or get busy dying, that, that's uh, Francis's take on it, but... Uh, um, I think it's a good summary of it as well, and it ties in pretty well with with his uh, about you gotta take it one day at a time. Yeah, uh, it all works together. It does. And, 
I'm hey, think about got to keep that end goal in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing in the force, Robert, that you might have come up with yours and are ready to, to yeah, you work, get I'm it getting to there. Us. Yeah, I'm getting there. So before I do, I do want to take another sip of my uh, Devil's Cut uh, uh, fine bourbon. This is uh, We did do an episode where we all had this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit harsher than, um, not harsh, um, uh, has more bite. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. A little more Most bite. Of the bourbons we have, but it's pretty good. I, 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 I'm enjoying it more uh, the second time around than I did even the first. Um, it's very good stuff. Uh, what did you say you guys were having again? Um, uh, I'm finishing off the 1792 that we had. Uh, yeah. I, I still got plenty. You, you didn't like that one? Oh, I love that one. Love. Oh, I was going to say I thought you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh it's it's very smooth. It's not near as uh, potent, I suppose, as your Devil's Cut. Uh, but it is so easy to so easy to drink. That's one of the things I like about it. Uh, there's no such thing as bad mm-hmm. bourbon, as we often say. But uh, yeah. this one is certainly one of the better ones. And mm-hmm. Martin, you've got the Larceny, right? Yeah, I just uh, polished off a couple good swigs of Larceny, and it's going down good. Um, That's some good stuff. All right, so um, I, I've been um, – my list of quotes has been running a little bit short, and I didn't have a really long one when we started this, and we've done so many that uh, uh, I'm not really feeling it with most of the ones I had. So I've been doing some research. Um, I tend to like motivational quotes uh, as a general rule. So I started my research there, and yeah, there's a lot of it that's just tripe for the most part, rah-rah kind of stuff, but uh, I found a couple of lists that had some really good gems in it, and this one caught my eye even before we started uh, the episode, and I had highlighted it as a potential, and I think this works really well. So this one is from Lao Tzu, a very ancient Chinese philosopher. Uh, not to, yes. yeah, boy, we're really hitting the communists really hard, although he wasn't a communist, but uh, neither was Tol- Tolstoy, but, you know, right. uh, Russians and the Chinese. Um, so Lao Tzu said, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. Now, mm. I love this quote uh, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which uh, it is about possibilities. Mm. And it's about ah. remembering that where we are is not necessarily where we are going to end up. And sometimes, especially those of us that uh, can tend to have um, uh, mood issues, uh, whether it be full-blown de- clinical depression or just uh, uh, the blues, uh, remembering to let go of what I have been can be really difficult. Oh yeah, and we get caught up in what we were in our circumstances, the stupid things we've said and done. Uh, some of us will replay mistakes or humiliating incidents in our history over and over in our minds. And it, living in the past is not a good place to be. Living totally in the future is not necessarily a good place to be either. And neither is living uh, totally in the present. Uh, because there's value to be taken from where we've been, where we are, and where we are going. But certain things you have to let go of. And you have to let go, you have to remember to let go of the things that are holding you back. And that's what this is saying to me. Because if, you know, if you don't let go of it to become what you might be, then it wasn't worth hanging on to to begin with, right? Right. Some things you want to take with you, but not all. And so, to me, that's a really great quote, remembering to to let go of what doesn't work uh, in your past. Now, 
to bring this around, uh, to fulfill my function in this, this episode, <laughs> um, I, I, I like this because uh, it, it, it's, it's about, it really does tie in both of your quotes. Uh, that whole got to take it one day at a time thing. Uh, you can't focus totally on the, the end result or how far you've not yet gone, how little progress you've made. You know, you could see that as the, um, uh, what you've, you got to let go what you've, what you've been because, well, I've only made it, you know, 30 miles out of this thousand mile journey. This, I'm not getting anywhere. Um, but also that, that uh, you know, rather be living because dying's a bitch. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, both the um, both of those quotes are about the process of moving forward and that ultimate destination, which is the living and you know the the goal, uh, whatever that that goal might be. And and this thing about letting go of what you've been so that you become what you might be, um, it embodies past, present, and future. The past is what you have to let go. Yet you can't worry about only made 30 miles out of that thousand. You can't focus on that. Um, because as we talked about before, when you focus on those kinds of things, you're dying because you're not making yeah. any progress. And when you're focusing on what you might become, it's inherently saying there is a process that you still have to go through uh, to become, to do. Do and be uh, be is a, a, a verb. There, there are actions that have to be taken. That's that 25 miles a day. Actually, you have to do. Yeah, you've yeah. got to you do the work. work. You've got to do the work. And the living, you know, it's partially the process, but it's also in the roots of that process, what you might become. You know, I found something interesting here that never occurred to me before. Uh, Honestly, obviously, all three of us are quite nerdy, and in the best sense we were, of the word. Yeah, we were talking about books, and we we're talking about reading, and all of that stuff, and and being observers of the human condition is part of what this podcast is about. But today, interestingly enough, what we've talked about to a large degree is action. Yeah. Not being watchers, being doers. And that is oh, well, something that's, that's right. that um, struck me yesterday. I'll just relate this very quickly that, um, fortunately, the, uh, I've got some pretty good bosses, and they wanted to have a quick video conference thing, uh, you know, the popular Zoom. Um, and just part of it was to relay real information, but part of it was just nobody's seen each other for three weeks or whatever, Yep. Let's let's just say hi, and uh, I'll give them a ton of credit for just let's just get on here and and hey, you guys talk about what you're watching on TV, and I'm listening to people talking about the stuff they've been watching on Netflix, and I'm like, you know what, I haven't really been watching anything, and I, it struck me that I'm I'm trying to transform myself from a watcher to a doer, that instead of picking up a bunch of new shows to watch. The wife and I have started trying to commit, when we can, to every afternoon walking. Now that I don't have a commute that takes 45 minutes to an hour to go yep. 17 miles, um, <laughs> I've got all this time to do this, this walk, and I need it, you know, and she needs it. And I'm thinking about, you know, uh, this podcast. We talked about passion at the beginning. 
we're transforming ourselves from watchers to doers. And that's probably thought of as being unusual for, for nerds. You know, we're, we're seen as passive. We're seen as, well, you'd rather read a book somewhere than do these other activities. Well, true, but at the same time, I want to become a doer. Oh. And I want to I put aside, you know what, I'm not interested in those TV shows y'all are talking about. Right. That's not doing, that's watching. Right. Uh, interesting you say that reading a book is not, uh, it is not watching, it is doing. Because uh, reading yes. is an active, a mentally yes. active thing, uh, whereas yes. watching television is mentally passive. And, well, uh, I, don't know. I, I think you could make an argument, uh, not to, to jump on your, your case there, uh, for both. Because the, the main difference between the two is you, you do have to use more imagination. Um, and it also depends on what you're watching. You know, yes. If I'm watching a sitcom, if I'm watching you know, all ten seasons of Friends, that's far different than if I'm watching uh, some kind of engaging drama that uh, explores the human condition. Yeah, if it's well done, yeah, it, there's more active to it than not. Yeah. Nevertheless, the, the 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 act of reading itself is not not is not not doing. It is actually doing something. It is yeah. simply not as action oriented as yeah. walking or other things yeah. like that. Which is, I, I sense an irony here, though, because in the time of isolation and in time of being together, uh, I mean, away from those which we are together with normally, we find ways to be more active, not less active. Yeah. It's and easy to I fall think, into that trap of being. And I think we are, uh, we're outliers in that because from all that we read online, and granted a lot of it's self-serving in many ways, but what you hear is most people that are working from home really aren't. They're binge-watching things and growing, you know, the, the, the fields are growing fallow, to say. There's not much going on there. Yeah. And that's sustainable only for so long. Yeah. And uh, you can only get so much satisfaction from saying, you know, I watched every season of Friends back-to-back. Uh, that doesn't really help you much. Uh, yes, it's decent to get you through something, but ultimately, can't we be better than that? And I think that's, in many respects, what, you were, what you're saying here, yeah. Robert. Yeah, Anyways. and don't get me wrong, uh, listeners. Uh, obviously, if we do one podcast a month on pop culture stuff, Yes, we're we like our shows and we like oh, our yeah. movies. Don't get we're, me wrong. We're balanced. I'd like to yeah. think. But I I I do want to that is something that this isolation has got me reflecting on is being a doer and not being a watcher. That's a good Just thing. Just let be a doer and and this podcast is an important part of being a doer for me. Well, you know, I think the being a doer um it's not even so much that you were not a doer before, but being stuck at home, for those of us that, that, that now I've not yet gotten to the habit of getting in a daily walk like I've uh, been wanting to do, partially that's been uh, a weather issue uh, uh, lately. Some of it's just been I find other things to do and I just haven't made the habit. But I have found that I have done things uh, here in the office and downstairs uh, the you know the wife has been tackling some projects outside that she's been wanting yep. to do, uh, and I think the the less the doing is you know for me it's like oh my gosh I've got all of this time that I don't have to spend commuting mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to keep a more regular schedule uh, you know that instead of starting a little bit later and ending a little bit later then if I start at a more regular time it seems like I got more time at the end of the day and I am finding stuff. Uh, you know, take care of some stuff I've been wanting to take care of around mm-hmm. the house. Now, it's just some projects that, I, that I've not yet started, and I have wasted some time. But 
I'm converting some of the doing that I was doing that really didn't get me anywhere, like the, the drive to work uh, or the yeah. lunch break that I was taking unproductively at work because I was at work. Yeah, unproductively meaning not for my personal benefit. Yeah, uh, right. And converting some of that to, to doing some stuff here. Yeah. And so it, to me, it's, it's transforming the doing into something that is more personally beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enriching yourself, as Jean-Luc Picard would say. I bet you guys were wondering how I was going to get uh, Star Trek into this episode. Uh, it happens. It it somehow happens. Anyways. Remember the original Klingon? I beat you to it. That's, 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 that's exactly right. You did. That's correct. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, in fact, you remember, Robert, I know you remember the episode. It was the first season ender where he talked about the challenges to improve yourself, enrich yourself. And it was kind of like this whole communistic thing of we don't have money and we don't have, the challenges are not the same anymore. Uh, it kind of falls flat, even though uh, Patrick Stewart, as always, delivers it well. But there is some truth to that. That's, that's always been true, is that why aren't we making ourselves better by doing when we're dealt this particular card, this particular mm-hmm. hand in, 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 the, in the card game of life? Well, we all kind of all came up with nothing this time. But that's only because that if we want to make something of this, we can do so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do something. I guess in some ways we're all falling short even of that. Uh, saw a great thing online. If, if this is true, it's great. If not, it's still great as an example. Uh, during one of the, uh, the the Black Plagues when London was or wherever was locked down, Sir Isaac Newton uh, invented calculus during his isolation. <laughs> That's true. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and mathematics has never been the same. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that Martin painting his bedroom is that level, but... <laughs> I no, tell you what, but here's, dang here's on it. The, there's some inspirational story for you. Here's the problem. Uh, we've gotten so much done now that we're at the point of, if we want to do any more, the stores have got to reopen because I've got to go get more stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've got to go yeah. get more stuff to <laughs> get done. Um, so that's yeah, the, and yellow paint is not essential, right? Yeah, so that's my only problem is, uh, I guess the hardware stores have been open. They are, but, yeah, I, I was in Home Depot this week. Are. We're very fortunate. Uh, uh, as a general rule, uh, you're supposed to go in by yourself, but otherwise, you know, everything's available, yeah. so you can get what you need to get and uh, and keep but, yourself you know, productive. You know, because you know, cause you're looking to, you know, replace the, the, the walkway lights, you know, and the, the, you know, lights your... Um, your sidewalk necessarily. It's uh, a little bit. It's a little bit of a different level than fixing the the broken toilet in the only toilet you have in the home. Exactly. Not, I only have one toilet in the house, built in 1948. Thank you. It's working fine, thank God. But uh, yeah. we're certainly giving it its paces these days because nobody's pooping anywhere else. Oh, so yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Thanks for sharing, yeah. yo. Thanks uh, for sharing. Yeah, that's great. You know, the old poop joke is still funny no matter how you do it. Uh, home field advantage. That's yes, never, that's never, yeah, you're never, never more close to your home field advantage than on isolation. They admitted that. Yeah. Well, fellas, that's pretty darn good. We did, uh, we did Sinatra, Tolstoy, and Lao Tzu. Yeah. And, I'm and it. came to, yeah, it came around to uh, a lot of agreement and a lot of depth. And at the same time, we managed to uh, tell politicians that they were full of hooey. Yeah. Well, uh, as some, some of what we do is uh, it's art reflecting life. I mean, we are products of where we are at this given moment, and these podcasts very much reflect that. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a very nope. good thing, I think. Nope. Uh, it, just, it strikes me, too, that uh, we're always talking about balance. 
Right. We're talking about, well, this, but you don't want to go too extreme and do... So it's, I always find it interesting how we always end up in that kind of... This, you're synthesizing all of these things into a balanced person. A, a full human person is a balanced human person. Is Yes, we're introverts, but you know what? Uh, we do need some human contact. We understand that. We do. Uh, I never thought I'd say it, but I can't wait to go into the office. <laughs> you know, oh, see, well, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, am I... I always say to people at work, it's like, look, if I liked people, I wouldn't be in computers. <laughs> but I do want to get out from behind monitors, and I do want to do something with my hands. That's always been one of my things is I wish I were more skilled with my hands. And But when I have the opportunity to, to turn a wrench or turn a screwdriver, I enjoy it, even though it can be aggravating uh, if things don't work right. But... Um, I still like giving it a go because it makes me feel like a more complete person than just sitting here in front of the screen typing. Um, oh, I've discovered the joy of cooking. Uh, while yeah. uh, Her Majesty, because she works for uh, the police department, she's not getting home till 5, 6 o'clock. I'm cooking quite a bit. Cut the you-know-what out of my finger the other day. I'm saying, well, I guess I'm not very good at this. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, you know, we, we've been fed. Uh, actually, I've discovered the, the joys of the Instapot, and I've made a mean Hungarian goulash in that. It's really good. I'd love yeah, for us yeah. to be able to have that together whenever we can finally get together uh, in the coming days. I tell you what, you know, maybe we should do some more of those video episodes, and uh, you know, in addition to doing video of our libraries and our workspaces and our, our man cave, whatever that might. Oh be, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, uh, some particular meal we're particularly fond of, and you know, just little bits like that might be fun. Oh to yeah, do. something that we've we've learned how to do uh, and to cook. I mean, I've learned how to cook a pretty mean steak in the iron skillet. I'm, you know, there if you it go. gets too thick, I have problems. I'm not as good with that, but. Uh, cooking the right one? Yep, I can do it. I can. It's great. In fact, uh, uh, the boy he's uh, he's even requested I cook the pork chops now because I'm better than mom. Whoa, Ooh. that's oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I had the to break key. that one to her slowly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The key to pork chops is don't let them go too long. That's yeah, correct. That's right. Once just like steak. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Get the heat right and use butter. Lots and lots of butter, and it was very simple. Yeah, well, you know, for years now, my kids have preferred that I make hamburgers, whether it's on the grill or uh, on the stove. Oh, really? Because I have created a uh, a seasoning mix. Yeah. And that seasoning mix, they absolutely love. Yeah. And I got to say, it's really, it is really good. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, a lot of these things, uh, I know we're kind of getting off on the, uh, the code of honor aspect of things, but, you know, it's still the same discussion. As we were talking about things earlier and uh, talking about you know, what we're doing with our time, and it just struck me, you know, this lockdown, while it is unprecedented for us, it's not unprecedented in history. Sure. Uh, matter of fact, it's fairly common historically, especially in, in times of, of walled cities, uh, where if there's a, a disease that breaks out, you know, uh, if you don't quarantine yourself, we're going to, you know, uh, uh, people around you are going to quarantine you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But as far as having to worry about the things that we worry about, uh, you know, whether or not there's enough toilet paper, uh, thank you to those people who, who bought 5,000 rolls and want to return them now. Um, uh-huh. uh, I read about I that last night. Somebody wanted to return something, something, uh, some outrageous amount, and the, and the guy at the store wouldn't let him. And for my first thought, was <coughs> my 
second thought was, no, there are people that need that. <laughs> yes, I was at Costco the other day, and they and they had one one limit of one package of toilet paper, the big pack of it, per person per day, and no returns. So yes, uh, yes. That's a, thank them for, for learning to do this right. A lot of what we're dealing with are also what I, a lot of the things we are dealing with are what I like to call first world problems. Yes. Um, oh, know, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the things that I think is helpful for all of us to remember during this time. Um, as, as we are getting busy living, uh, you know, letting go of what, uh, what we were to become what we uh, could be. And that is that these are luxuries uh, throughout human history. Uh, having the ability to do that, to focus on w just what I'm going to do today so that I can get to that end result, whereas most of human existence uh, has often been, I'm, I can only focus on today because I'm not guaranteed a tomorrow. There's a difference in how and why you focus only on what you can do today. Um, and so, you know, in many ways we are very blessed to have the ability to complain about having to, to isolate and work from home. Yeah. I just think about the luxury of clicking on something on your computer and five days later somebody's dropping it outside your door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, we're complaining that it's taking five days in this yeah. these days. Yeah. Yeah, because it used to take two. Yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> I just had 100 rounds of ammo dropped off yesterday. I was excited. So uh, uh, that's yeah. that's another piece of advice. Yeah. Buy, buy guns and ammo because, as we all know, there's no loaning of guns. They're all being used. That's true. Thank you, John. That's right. All being used. So uh, just in case things get worse, that's just a little advice from Martin, listeners. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing about the apocalypse. When it came, I thought it was going to happen all at once. Apparently, it's a very slow march into, into yeah. the apocalypse. <laughs> yes. The apocalypse is more of a drip than a sudden drive off a cliff. Yeah. All those zombie movies, they lied. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to take several weeks. Um, but, yeah, if things get worse, I do recommend getting yourself some guns and ammo. Well, yes, it's better to have done it before everything started, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It's kind of like the John Melia thing. You know, they're all being used, but uh, reading about... This guy worked in a gun store. And again, I don't know if these stories are apocryphal. Somebody's making stuff up because they yeah. can. But, you know, two, two people came in and they were complaining because they couldn't just walk out that day with a gun. And he apparently knew of them or knew them just enough to know that they were those who were all in favor of extremely strict gun laws. And... He, they were upset. And he was trying to explain to us, look, I didn't vote for these laws. People that you like voted for them. Nobody yes. was in favor of the laws that made it so restrictive for you to be able to buy your guns. Uh, so sometimes karma does come back to bite you. And if you're going to prepare yeah. certain ways, you need to prepare early. Because we were blessed. We went to Sam's Club and got our uh, big package of toilet paper because we just always do. Yeah. Uh, because it's so damn cheap. Yeah. Uh, it's like Chuck Heston said... Yeah, it's like Chuck Heston said, I seem to remember you voted for that. Right. right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you, you, sometimes karma does come around. Uh, oh, yes, and karma usually has nice, big, sharp, pointy teeth when it does come back yeah. and bite. Yeah. So, so uh, let's, I, let's, you guys, but I think we've probably beaten this, uh, this death yes. one. I was just going to say that. I was just going to wrap it up, and I was going to toss it to Francis. So what's 
on for episode 51, Francis. Oh, yes, 51 into our second half of our first uh, 100 episodes. Uh, we begin that next time. We're going back to our heroes. Uh, this is one, Martin, that you've kind of lobbied for from the very beginning, and I can't wait for this one. I can't wait for any of them. You guys know that. But uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to go back into our heroes' time. The writer and satirist, uh, journalist, gonzo journalist, P.J. O'Rourke, uh, Martin has been the expert on him from really from the beginning, far more so than Robert and I. But it's amazing that the pro, uh, how prolific this guy was and just how on the money. In fact, I do believe our very first code of honor quotation that you did, Martin, was P.J. O'Rourke. Yes, it was. So uh, it's kind of he he's in many respects an undercurrent. Uh, his, his biting humor and satire uh, we love. And we're going to explore him and mostly his writings next time to kind of go a little bit deeper with somebody you may not know, but you really should because he's one of the great uh, minds and um, articulate personages of the 20th and 21st century. So make sure you're here with us next time. You'll have a great time, we promise. Awesome. Stay stay healthy, everybody. Amen. Yep. Thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts. Follow us and retweet us. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us, and please remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.